Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. This week, I'm so excited to be joined by Kara Nolmeyer. Kara is an assistant principal in St. Louis, national presenter, blogger, consultant, and author of Unleash Talent. Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And Kara, as you know, the show is centered on leadership development. I would love to hear your personal leadership journey on how you became an administrator. Absolutely. So actually, when I started education, I always imagined that I would be teaching for the majority, if not all of my career. And the first year of teaching, I actually had people telling me when I was trying to apply for master's programs, because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do library, if I wanted to do counseling, if I want to do administration. At that point, I was unsure. My mentor and others that I worked with just told me that there was this innate thing that I had that people were drawn to me for whatever reason. And that was news to me. And they said that I should get into leadership. I think that belief in me and what others, how others saw me really inspired me to also get into leadership in general. And I saw myself differently. I absolutely love teaching. I still, as an administrator now, find time to go in classrooms and work with students and coach them and conference with them. But I really also love and I feel like leadership is what I was called to do. So after I heard that advice. I went to get my master's program, administration, elementary and secondary. And I feel like God called me for secondary leadership. And it's funny how things change and how your perceptions of things evolve. Because when I was a middle school student, I always said, I would never work in middle school. I am done with this. But after I taught elementary school for a little bit, I felt like I was called to go to secondary and to be in a middle school for whatever reason. I felt that that's where I should be. I made that change and I absolutely love it. I love where kids are at. I love their personalities. I love basically the belief that others had in me and going through my master's program as I was a teacher too. I thought if I really want to do leadership Even as a teacher, I got into as many things as leadership committees that I could. So I ran new teacher programs through the district committees. I got involved. I ran my language arts committee, and I was the team leader for that. So anything that I could do, I did it because I wanted that experience, and I wanted to be able to see how I would lead under different circumstances, whether working with, you know, seasoned teachers, working with newbies, I wanted that experience. So I really just dove in and learned as much as I could. And I continue to do that. It really helped me become who I am now and really helped find my niche. So from a teacher to an administrator is a huge transition. What was one of the biggest trials you had when you first became an administrator? I think I really missed the community of a classroom, I would say. I, throughout the year as a teacher, day to day, you really just get used to the dynamic of the students that you have and you know what kids are going through in a way that's that's different than an administrator. I still have great bonds with my students and I know what they're going through in their personal lives. But I, as a teacher, I would always see them. They would be in my class. As an administrator, I have to really go the extra mile to find them where they are, 
to make sure that I do it in a way that they're going to receive it. And they're not like, oh, the principal's here to see you. So especially in middle school, you don't want to do that. So it's, it's different. It's a different sort of vibe where I don't just open up my classroom and see my group of students every day. And I think I really miss that. But I really try, as I said, to just be in the classrooms, to meet students where they are, and to still find connections to them. But it's just different. But it's, I enjoy it so much. In your experience, which leadership skills were the most difficult to develop? That's a really good question. I think patience is probably on the top of the list. I think, especially as a new administrator, you you think, first of all, that you have all these things that you need to do in order to be a good administrator. And you also know what you feel, at least your perception of what the school needs. And everything takes time. You could be a great leader and be in a great school, but things take time and you have to have certain things in place before everything can become what it really you envision in your head. And I think that's what I've learned in general is that you have to build the relationships and take the time to do that in a way that feels real and authentic to you and to those around you. And also you really have to be patient when working with students because when you're working with kiddos and they're going through what they're going through, sometimes you you know what their potential is and you want them and you want to see really who you see them as and this amazing individual that they already are, but you want to help cultivate that in a new way. And just as we are as adults, that we have to go through our own paths, students do as well. And I think in general, whether it's discipline, school culture, or innovation, everything takes patience and you have to make sure that you really respect those around you and that you cultivate it in the right way. So for those who are looking into leadership, but say, you know, I don't want to be an administrator because I don't want to deal with discipline all day. Is that all that you do in your role? Here's the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is that as an assistant principal, the job is what you make it. So if I wanted it to be discipline all day, every day, that's what it could be. But as we know as leaders, and if you've, you know, anyone who's been an administrator knows that you can get caught up in that. There's always discipline, there's always things and always students to talk to, but I really book things on my calendar that are a priority for me. And I do that first and foremost. So whether it's being in classrooms, teacher observations, whether it's hall supervision, lunch duty, all the things that are must do's for me, I book it in my calendar on weekly reoccurring events. So those things never slide unless it's a crisis or an emergency. And then I fit in discipline through other times as I can. So discipline is still a priority. It has to be in the job that I have, but you really have to make sure that instructional leadership is a priority. School culture is a leadership, safety, supervision, all of these things. So whatever I feel like is necessary, I cut out time for it and I hold myself accountable, truly. And so you talked about getting into classrooms as an instructional leader. How do you help your teachers grow? For me, I was a former language arts teacher, so that is one of my passions. So I gravitate towards collaborating and working with language arts teachers because that's just my niche and that's my wheelhouse. When I first became an administrator, I put myself out there and I just let them know that, hey, if you ever need someone in your classroom, 
to help conference students or to work with students or whatever it is, let me know and I'll be in there. And I try to make it as non-threatening as possible because sometimes when an administrator is in a teacher's classroom, it can be, you know, why are you really here? You know, even if you have all the best intentions in the world, you have to make sure, again, as I said earlier, that people are going to receive it and the way in which you mean it, which for me, is just authenticity. And I'm trying to build that relationship with staff and students. So I put myself out there and then people would bite and say, hey, yeah, I'm doing this unit. Do you want to come in and do you want to work with this? And then first we would brainstorm ideas. So I try to think of it the whole teaching lens. So when I'm in classrooms, I also try to work with teachers on the back end. Like how can I help before I'm in there? lesson plan or how can I collaborate with them or how can we go through this together to where I'm actually coaching and I'm learning from them, they're learning from me. And then when we're in the classroom together, working side by side, we both are getting something, learning something and students are as well. And I also try to reflect with teachers afterwards and like, okay, you know, what can I do better to help you next time? Or, you know, how do you feel like it went in general from your experience where you were sitting? And I, I really just try to be, I guess I would say, as helpful as possible and just help them know that I want to learn just as much as I know they want to learn. And that really is what gets people to want to collaborate with you is when they really feel like, hey, this person really is non-threatening. They just want to be there beside me. And I think that's the way to go. What is one initiative you've implemented on your campus that you're extremely proud of? One thing that I helped to initiate last year was classroom management strategies called Love and Logic that we started last year. So when I started my role, we had teachers that were, you know, asking for help over certain student behaviors, like defiant behaviors and disruptive and things like that. And from my experience and training as a teacher, I had that Love and Logic training that was very helpful for me. So I had the firsthand experience of how I used it and how I still use it as an administrator, just in a different way. As soon as they told me what they were going through and what they needed as far as help, that was the first thing I thought of. So what I started doing with them is going into their team meetings every week and working with them on love and logic strategies as it pertained to certain students that they were needing extra support with. And they, latched onto it. They loved it. They ran with it and did such amazing things with it. I got them the books for Love and Logic and they were highlighting it and tabbing it and taking all these notes and writing all of these, okay, say this when a student does this. And they were walking around with it. So they would remember in hard times to fall on this certain language rather than, you know, falling to emotional things that we can all get caught up in when sometimes a student will catch you off guard. Basically, from there, what evolved was a whole school-wide leadership um, and PD plan that they helped me to lead, and we still lead to this day. So for the last year and a half, we've been leading school-wide professional development and seeing it take over our whole school, and it all started with them. And they have such amazing ideas. Our next training, the end of January, one of our teachers came up with a way to do like a family feud fun, just engaging activity for staff. So we really are not only talking about love and logic, but we're practicing what we preach as far as student engagement. And they are just doing amazing things with it. So I have been really proud of seeing that evolution and seeing how all of us are using different language in order to really support students. So when you're looking for leaders on your own campus, what characteristics are you looking for? 
when I'm looking for leaders, I'm looking for somebody who is able to share a different perspective. I am drawn to people who think differently than me and who are able to say things in a way that I haven't thought of that can help me see the whole picture. Because whenever I am collaborating or helping to make a decision or someone else's bringing an idea to me, I always learn so much from others who have such outside of the box thinking. And I'm drawn to people who think differently, who see a need and go for it, that they don't need permission per se, that they feel confident enough to just go after it. And also in general, people who are personable with not only students, but staff, I feel that is crucial in the whole picture for a leader to be able to make both of those connections. So as an administrator, what is one area you want to change in education? That is such a good question. I'll have to think about that one. I think in general, the biggest thing that I have been really into is restorative practices and how we do discipline. I really feel that in general, traditional discipline needs a rehaul. And I work hard to do that as much as I can in my role and to have restorative conversations with teachers and students, students and students, to really make it to where the victim is able to share their voice the person who's causing harm is able to take accountability, learn what they did incorrectly, and also have a plan moving forward while following up with anybody involved. Because in general, I think we have conversations with students over discipline. Okay, like we think it went well, and then okay, go on your way. But it's so important that we continue to follow up with kiddos, especially when we're talking about you know, any range of students, whether it's elementary or middle or high school, you know, I notice from middle school, we assume sometimes that our students have the conflict resolution skills, but we really have to teach them that. And sometimes, and often discipline does not teach that. It may reinforce in a different way, but it doesn't teach what they should know that we often assume they do. So I have been so passionate about that and really see the fruit of the loin. I see the amazing work that that does. And every minute I put into that work, it comes out 100% more on the other end. So I've been really um, excited to see that grow. And I couldn't agree more. So what about the teacher, though, that is more in a traditional light and doesn't agree with restorative practices? What are you talking to them about? And how are you allowing them to see the benefits from that practice? Yeah, I'm a type of leader that What I'll say to people is, how about this? Like, so for example, if a teacher comes to me with, you know, let's say a conflict between them and another student, another student is not listening in their classroom, seems to be disrespectful on most days, and it seems like a power struggle type of situation. What I'll say is, okay, I have an idea, you know, because I'll first ask them, what have you done? What have you tried? Have you called home? I'll ask all those things. And I'm like, okay, once I get the background story and I kind of understand more of the situation, I say, I have an idea. Let's just try it. Let me know if you're willing to try it. Let's just have a conversation. I'll lead the conversation. I would just love for you to be there and the student to be there. I can lead it. And we could just kind of talk about what happened and get down to the why. We can hear the student's perspective, your perspective, I'll lead it all. I just want your perspective while we're there. If I preface it that way, which is very true, I mean, it's not a threatening conversation. It's supposed to be there as a collaborative way for us to problem solve. If you present it in that way that, hey, let me help, 
let's try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But every time I've presented it in that way and I lead it and I model it and I don't say to, to the teacher, okay, you know, you need to lead this conversation. I'm just going to sit here and watch you. <laughs> that is very, that seems very judgy. So if you come from a place that, hey, I'm going to lead this, just, I just want you there. I have never had a teacher who walked away feeling that it didn't go well or that it wasn't worth their time. Actually, um, I have teachers coming back and they say, hey, that restorative stuff worked so well last time. Can you do it? Help me do it again with, you know, this student. So I think that's really just as easy as we can make it for teachers. And as much as we can help teach and model, the more they're going to get out of it and the more students are going to get out of it. So for those starting their leadership journey, what advice do you have for them? My biggest advice would be to stay true to you and to know who you are and then to do it on purpose. I think that so often we can see other leaders and they're doing fantastic things and we look up to them and we want to be them and having a mentor and looking up to somebody is a phenomenal thing. But at the end of the day, I feel that each of us, you, myself, whoever listening was called here for a purpose and that purpose only you can do. So you can try, you can learn from others, you can grow from others, but at the end of the day, you have to know what makes you, you, what you can bring to the table and do that. A school out there needs that, whatever you have, find that school and do your thing because that is what your students and staff need. In addition to your admin position, you speak at conferences, you blog, and you're very active on social media. How do you find your voice beyond the district? I think that the the biggest thing that I did to do that was to start my blog. I started it probably four, three to four years ago. I can't even exactly recall the date from now, but I think when I started Twitter and I saw, I mean, it was crazy when I, I remember tweeting things and people retweeting it. I remember the first tweet that I did that Todd Whitaker <laughs> retweeted. And that was like, what? Because I looked up to him for so long. And when I saw that happen and that people cared about what I had to say, it blew my mind because what's obvious to you is not obvious sometimes to other people or it confirms what they think. They already feel that way. You're just somebody who's saying it. So I've learned so much through just sharing who I am. And I think that gave me the confidence to start my blog and then when people read my blog and then shared what resonated with them from that, I really felt that I had my voice there because I was sharing it way different context and I was able to really share who I am. And it's nice when people validate that. For those who haven't had the opportunity to read Unleashed Talent, can you describe how the book may help our aspiring leaders? Yeah. Unleashed Talent is about bringing out the best in yourself and the learners you serve. So the book helps you learn how to bring out the best in who you are by figuring out what your talents are, your passions, your skills, your personality traits. So I literally walk through what each of those are, how you can determine it in yourself, and then basically ways in which you can unleash it personally and professionally, because I believe in the whole person that if we want to be the best educator we can be, we need to try and aim to evolve personally as well. And then from there, how you can build a school culture and continue to grow upon it because it's not just built in a day. It continually has to be worked on how you can work on your school culture and help be a part of that. So you can also bring out the talents, the strengths, the passions and adults 
then you can support the students. That is the way I have found success in helping school as a whole. And that is what I truly believe in is how can we support the adults to support kids? And it makes all the difference. So in closing, what is the most enjoyable aspect of leadership? I think the most enjoyable aspect is to know that you have made an influence and a positive impact and to see really people change in a way that they're still who they are, but they're you're just helping to bring it out in them and helping them to see things differently in a way that they get their confidence, they feel true to who they are, they feel authentic. I think whenever I do work that helps people feel like themselves and feel inspired and fulfilled, that's when I feel fulfilled. And I think that's my favorite part about leadership is to be a part of that work and to do work outside of yourself that you see people positively grow around you. It's the best feeling ever. How can our listeners connect with you on social media? So my Twitter is Kara Nolmeyer and my website is firstandlastname.com. And um, I also have Voxer that I sometimes use. That's my first and last name as well. Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and share your ratings and reviews. Don't forget to use the Aspire League hashtag as you continue the conversation on Twitter. Kara, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me.